Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. You want to talk about fixing GM mistakes? Why? Did you figure out what I did wrong? And welcome to another episode of Pandas Talking Games. I'm one of your hosts, Phil. And I am your other host, Senda. Tonight's topic comes from Michael, who asked us about fixing GM mistakes and continuity, combat difficulty, etc. in one-shots versus campaigns. So, Phil, what can you tell me about GM mistakes? Yeah, so GM mistakes, um, well, let's break it apart. <laughs> GM... Mm-hmm. mistakes uh-huh <laughs> right now we can get a little more detailed than that. so we're talking about when gms have made uh an incorrect statement decision or ruling either in preparing the game or during the game and here are a couple of examples so like we could have a mistake in continuity so for instance in a previous session i said the mayor was a widower but in the current session i say he was murdered by his wife yeah no uh, <laughs> could have an error in combat difficulty. So I gauged the encounter to be about level X, uh, and now the characters are being decimated by the monsters in the room. And I could do, I could have a rule or rulings error. So I'm convinced that the grappling system works one way, but in truth, it really works another way. And these are important for two reasons. One, because in nearly all games, the GM's decision is binding. And that is that in most games, it tells you, like, you know, talk about the rules, but the GM will make a decision and and then you'll go forward. So when a GM makes a mistake, it kind of becomes a thing in the game. Uh, And two, the players rely on the GM as their senses. So players can't see, hear or anything, you know, do anything about the world without the GM telling them. So... If that information they're getting from the GM is erroneous, that causes a lot of difficulties and it it kind of trips you up in terms of playing the game. So there's a number of reasons why mistakes can occur, but here are some common ones. There's an honest mistake, right? GM's a GM's a pretty complicated job. You're juggling like eight different things uh, in your head, and sometimes you just you know miss, like you just forget a thing or you say one thing while you were thinking another. Sometimes it's a rules mastery problem. So this can happen a lot when you're not familiar with the rules of a game, especially if you're playing new games. Yes, Senda. That, that, <laughs> that, or that can be or you. say you're running a campaign in a system that you're like, well, like I know how to 20 works. I don't need to actually read these books. Hmm. Correct. Yeah. The other one can be incomplete or rushed prep. Uh, the GM has less prep than they actually need. Because of that, they've missed some detail. Uh, and, and because of that, they've made some sort of mistake. Now, the problem with errors is that they really, they do the following. One, they can jar the game and break immersion. So if the players all know that the mayor uh, is a widower and you say the mayor's wife killed the mayor, players immediately kind of break immersion and are like, What? No, that doesn't make sense, right? Because they've had to kind of fall out of the character level. And actually, they start re-engaging their knowledge of what's happened up to date. 
Uh, another problem is that fixing errors often requires retcons. So you've got to go back and undo a whole bunch of stuff and kind of undo actions that have already taken place. And that can have its own set of problems. Finally, sometimes you just don't look like you have your shit together when mm -hmm. you uh, when you make these errors. And confidence is... So this is a thing I don't think about too much anymore because, you know, I'm pretty old and I've been a GM, like kind of grizzled when it comes <laughs> to being a GM. But but you require, in order to GM, you require a certain amount of confidence and the table has to have a certain amount of belief that you actually can run this game. And when you make mistakes, you put little dents in that. And too many times and people think like, I don't know, I don't think he has this, I don't think, I don't think he can swing this game or... You know, maybe it's just not that good of a GM or something. And so you don't want to give people that impression because if you're at a convention, you certainly don't want to convey that. And if you're trying to run a campaign, you you know, people aren't going to want to play a campaign with a GM that, you know, they think doesn't have their shit together. So it's kind of a problem. Yeah, it totally is. And I think when we talk about GM mistakes, there's just we can categorize some severity <laughs> I didn't yeah, that sentence absolutely. didn't come out very well, right? We can we can group things together by how much it, it actually affects your game. So if we're talking about a minor error, that's this week I named the barkeep Wendy, and next week I called him Sam. You know, okay, oops, I forgot because I forgot to jot down a note or whatever. There's no serious damage to the campaign. My players might be like, uh, is this a different barkeep? Or, you know, they might ask me, they might notice. Some of them might even not even notice because maybe they didn't write down the name of the barkeep. Depends on how much they interacted, right? So, um, you know, something minor like that is a minor error. Something important would be more like, I thought that charm person worked in hours, but it was really in minutes, so misread the spell and how it worked. That could have some impact that would actually, you know, have to be retconned a little bit. If charmed person, you had it lasting for six hours of game time, and it was really supposed to last for six minutes, that's... It's a big difference, and it could have had a pretty major effect on your game, depending on what happened in that six hours. And then there's critical errors, which is you made a ruling that resulted in something like the death of a character or a major NPC or something extremely drastic of that magnitude. It was the difference between the characters um, saving the kingdom and not saving the kingdom. You know, it was a major, major point of the game. Undoing that is going to be messy and jarring. It's it's both because it's a major point in the story, so it's hard. There's there's a lot of things pinned to it, so you have to sort of reel back a lot of small threads. It's also really hard for players to let go of experiences that have that level of importance in a game and go back. It's just hard because like it has major emotional significance, or at least it should, and we hope that it does. So the other thing that can make a really big difference is when in the game the error actually gets discovered. So if you figure it out, like you just were like, hey, uh, yeah, just roll it like this. And then you go, oh, that was wrong. Like two seconds later, if you're catching it as it occurs, it's much easier to be like, oops, I'm so sorry. I did that wrong and either fix it or, you know, make a a different ruling and go forward. If you discover it in the same session still, like an hour later or something, you look up the rules and go, oh man, we did that wrong. You can still fix it. You might have to wreck on some of what happened, but you still haven't like 
generated that much story between the problem and the discovery of the problem. If you discover it after the session or like multiple sessions in, um, away from the mistake, you can still fix it most of the time, but you're probably going to need to spend some time figuring out how, and you're probably going to, you know, it's going to be a much more major investment in terms of sorting out the how and the why of, of retconning something major in that, in that case. So basically the best case scenario for a GM mistake is that you make a minor mistake and you catch it when it happens. And the worst case scenario for a GM mistake is that you make a terrible error that results in like a TPK or something awful and you don't figure it out until after the session is over. Yeah, that's really good. So tonight we're going to take a look at GM mistakes in our favorite way. Send is going to talk about what to do when mistakes crop up in one shots. And I'll talk about what happens in the context of campaigns. Awesome. So one shots, I'm going to talk a lot again. The thing you got to keep in mind with one shots, and it's my favorite thing to say, you have a limited amount of time and this game is temporary. <laughs> it's temporary. So in terms of GM mistakes, what this means is that while we don't have to worry so much about fixing things after the session, it means that we got to fix anything that happens. Like if it has major impact in the game itself, you have to fix it during the session because you've only got one. It also means, though, if you look at it and you go, mm, eh, this doesn't seem like it's worth fixing or it's going to take too long to replay this or we don't want to have to think about the way that the story would have gone. We're just going to accept whatever went wrong and, and move forward from here. It's not a really big deal because there aren't any consequences to not fixing it beyond this specific session because there's only one session, which is kind of a perk. But let's take a step back and actually talk about both of those things in a little bit more detail. So if you're going to fix a mistake in a one shot, you basically you find the problem and then you have the rest of that session of an hour, two hours, three hours, four hours. You know me, I play my games in all sorts of weird lengths of time to fix that problem. So in the con in, in something like a convention game you also don't have time slot flexibility. So if you say you're at a convention and you have a four hour time slot, you don't get to stay longer because something got messed up. You have a four hour time slot. There are people at that table after you, your players may be going to other games, etc. So if you make a little, like a minor error, that's not a problem in a one shot because you just fix it as soon as it comes up. So the only, the only thing that you've necessarily caused, the only damage that you've caused if you make a small error is possibly just confuse your players by mixing up some information or, um, you know, said the wrong rule out loud and then immediately went back on went, oh, no, no, I am sorry. It's actually this or something like that. So if you get to a point like that, um, you can always stop for a second if you're not sure if the table is clear and just, you know, lay it out like, okay, guys, hang on one second. Let's just talk this through, make sure everybody understands it, because I, I, I goofed up there and I just want to make sure we're all on the same page, whatever it is, um, and just make sure everyone is clear. And then at that point, if it's something that has affected previous actions that you're clarifying that they were working on so, uh, based on the wrong knowledge from your previous mistake, you know, you can give them a shot if it's not too far in to retcon 
something that they did based on that incorrect information. So that's usually the kind of thing like you're in the middle of combat and you um, someone misunderstands a combat rule and they do a thing that you're like, that's really dumb. And then you pause and clarify what the rule is. And then they go, oh, well, I never would have done that. And you go, yeah, that's fine. Do whatever you would do with the correct knowledge and go from there, right? So for important and critical errors, the time frame being short actually works really well in your favor because those are the kind of errors that tend to become more and more of a mess as time goes on and more and more sessions because the problem snowballs <laughs> as you continue to play. But since you only have one session, it's unlikely to get to that point. I mean, unless you do something crazy, like if you... I guess what I would consider a terrible critical error in a one-shot is killing off one of your PCs in, like, the first 20 minutes of the game. Somebody who yeah, signed by up... by mistake. Right, like, by mistake, somebody signed up to play your game, and you just accidentally killed them. They only got to play for 20 minutes. That's a critical mistake. And that's that's something that, you know, then you sit there and go, whoa, like, you know, you, you have to figure out how you're going to deal with it for your particular game. But my instinct is like, hang on a second, that wasn't supposed to happen. I would love for you to keep playing. Let's figure out a way to make this work, right? So the other option with mistakes in a one-shot is not to fix them. So you don't have to. There's there's a couple of kinds of ways that this could happen, and it can be things like your players may not notice because that rule may never come up again. Or you can more turn into them and just play off of them. So... If you make something that uh, if you make a mistake that's more critical or important, you you do want to make sure that your players know that you're not intentionally screwing them or messing with the rules just to kind of be out to get them. So you have to make sure that you are maintaining the trust of your players at the table. Otherwise, they start to get into that situation Phil was talking about when he was defining things where people just don't think that you are fit to run a game because they don't trust you to kind of be the neutral moderator, right? So you can turn into the mistake, and that basically means that you just yes and the mistake. So, for example, a major NPC is killed in a scene, but you needed that NPC to end your game. So, you know, you bring them back later in the session and you say, yes, they died, and the gods raised them, and you give the, give that a plausible story and reason there, right, to make that a thing. That, that it can be more of an, oh my gosh, moment instead of like a, what? Um, or you made the mistake that charm person was supposed to be turns, not ours, and so you say, okay, yes, well, normally it's turns, but in this dungeon, all, let's see, is it evocation? I don't remember. Whichever, no, it's not evocation. That's not right. That's not the, whatever. Twitter will fill me in later. Um, you know, all spells of this particular magic school um, are uh, multiplied by 10 and get hours out of it, right, instead of rounds. So there's a couple of risks to this approach. So the first part of that is players who are rules purists or serious players or your average rules lawyer may know that you're tinkering with the game and they may not like it or they may actually not enjoy the fact that they know that the rules are being smushed around a little bit. So the best tip with that is to know your group or to ask if it's okay. And that has to do with the trust factor. So if it's a convention game, in my experience, it's much better to just 
you know, openly communicate with players when there's something happening. And and for me, it's usually like, I'm ending, I'm getting to the end of my time slot and I want to make sure that we get to the end of the game. So I'm going to, you know, ask you guys to work with me in terms of X, Y, and Z. But if you just communicate with people um, really upfront and say something like, hey guys, this was actually a, a problem mistake. It wasn't supposed to happen. Is it okay if I solve it in this way to maintain, you know, integrity in in the game world? Like it's, it's okay to you let them see behind the curtain a little bit, they will actually probably trust you more because they won't think that you're just messing with them. So the other thing (laughs) that you have to sometimes watch out for is that depending on what it is, when you play through something like that, you can drift into crazy game land, which we talked about in episode eight. And, And I don't see crazy games as bad, but it might not be the game that you were intending to run, and it might not be the game that your players thought they were signing up for. So if you were running something serious, and now you've just drifted off into the land of, like, people are popping up from the dead every five feet or whatever to create the uh, plausible reason that your NPC came back, you've definitely just traipsed into crazy game land. And it's fun, and it's funny, but it might not be the game that you were theoretically running. <laughs> so, you know, something to be aware of. So now that we've addressed how to fix things in a one shot, we're all set, right, Phil? We're all done here. That's it. No more. Yeah, almost. <laughs> so with mistakes and campaigns, we're still worried about all the same things that you talked about in terms of mistakes that can occur in one shots, especially those, you know, those same in session kind of issues. But if we're going to talk about campaigns, then we really should turn our concerns on focusing on the fact that we're playing multiple sessions. So with multiple sessions, we need to think about two things. The first one is continuity of story. Uh, And that is any mistakes we make can convolute or invalidate parts of the ongoing story of a campaign. Uh, And honestly, that's kind of a big deal because ongoing story is kind of the thing campaigns are. Uh, The other thing we have to be cognizant of is rules, precedents, and house rules. So these are, you know, any rules or rulings that we made because they will persist from session to session and if we've made a bad one or made a mistake, we may have made one that compromises the power curve or the mechanics of the game. So that's what we're going to focus on to, uh, for the rest of this segment, which is continuity and rules, precedents. So let's jump in first with continuity. So in an ongoing campaign, our continuity is crucial because the feeling that we're in a continuing storyline is predicated on the fact that events that happened in the past have an effect on the future. And until recently, this was the killer app part of role-playing games over board games. Now, board games have begun to sneak this in as a little side note, legacy games and things like that take advantage of that, but not nearly to the level that RPGs do. And that is a discussion for a whole other time. (laughs) Bob, put a pin in that. (laughs) Yes, exactly. That's a whole, that's a misdirected Mark show topic right there. <laughs> right there, yep. Yep. So when we make mistakes that involve story, we can jeopardize that continuity. So I'll give you a quick example. You tell the players that it was Markov who killed the director when you meant Manford. Now the players hunt down Markov and kill him. 
So the problem, in the words of Sir Topham Hatt, is that these <laughs> mistakes can cause confusion and delay. <laughs> so the thing is with these mistakes is that they can cause confusion and delay. And what happens is they can result in players taking certain actions based on the false information that comes up in the mistake. Now, if these things happen in session, then you deal with them like we talked about in one shots. Uh, and again, be aware of that crazy game issue thing, like turning it. You don't always need to turn into the error and be like, no, no, that's exactly what I meant. Sometimes just call an error an error. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just talk to um, players. Communication is a good thing, you guys. Exactly. Now, the real problem is if you made this mistake and it was many sessions ago. Uh-huh. Right? So how, how do you fix this? Well, there are a few steps. One, start by owning it and just telling the players. Yeah. And this is going to stop the game a bit. And maybe you're going to do this between sessions if this is like during an ongoing campaign. Or maybe you're going to do this. Um, you made the mistake many sessions ago, but it doesn't really rise up until this moment in the middle of a game. But stop and tell the players um, that something's wrong. And this is important because often players can sense continuity issues, Mm -hmm. but since they don't have perfect knowledge of the game, they won't say anything. Like, they'll sit there and be like, I don't know, that doesn't seem right. That doesn't sound like what happened. But they also don't always have perfect memory. So then they're like, well, I'm just not going to say anything. So if you own up to it and be like, "Uh, I think I made a mistake, everybody will be like, yes, that does not seem right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then tell them what should have happened. Now, this is my opinion. Some people may couch this, but I'm going to say that at the point you've made a large mistake like this, a multi-session mistake, don't be mysterious about like, don't, don't give the least amount of information. So don't say like, oh, well, I said Markov killed the director, but I meant another guy killed the director. (laughs) Like, don't, don't do that. At this point, you've, you've already broken part of the story. You need to patch this thing quickly. So just own up and be like, no, I was supposed to say that it was Manford. Sorry, guys. It was, it was Manford that I was talking about. And just let him know what, what should have happened. Then now you're going to have to come up with the repair. And so you can go, uh, you can go a few different ways around this. So you can retcon, right? You can just go back and say, right, Manford killed the director and you already captured Markov. Let's just say that you captured Manford. We're good to go. All right. Very good. We'll keep going from there. Uh, that's a retcon, right? We just swapped out Mar- you know, Markov for Manford. And uh, now the, you know, the players can get back to you know, handing out some justice. Uh, if you go that route... Discuss the change that you the changes you want to make, come up with a quick summary of what happened, and then get the game to the new current state and then go. Because the faster you can put this mistake behind you, the faster the game will smooth out and you can just get back into that really good rhythm of playing. Mm-hmm. Alternatively, you can just alter the story to fit it. So you can come up with a reason that the seemingly conflicting statements are true. Now If you have a game that's using magic or technology or has doppelgangers or some other kind of hidden knowledge, then you have like kind of an easy route, right? Like D&D can always fix story continuity problems because magic. 
And doppelgangers. Right? And doppelgangers, <laughs> right? You're just, you're fine. Um, <laughs> but if you're playing something like, in, in our example, we're kind of, you know, teasing out some sort of John Lecrae spy story with, you know, with Markov and Manford and, and the director, you, you don't actually have access to those things. And so it may be hard to come up with a reason why they fit, but maybe... Maybe Manford disguised himself to look like Markov, right? Mm-hmm. So you could do that. The trick to doing that is to come up with the most plausible and avoid player eye rolls. Yeah. Because if you, if you stretch too far to just kind of alter the story, your players will know it's bullshit and they'll all just kind of roll their eyes at you like, oh magic again kind of thing <laughs> doppelgangers again yeah doppelgangers is like a one time yeah no you like got once you got. per campaign like you go to the case where it says break in case of of error right <laughs> you take <laughs> you out, the out the doppelganger, doppelganger. yep right because if you doppelganger more than once in a campaign mm-hmm. the whole campaign will come apart yes they will think everything's a doppelganger mm-hmm. and will stab literally everything yeah no have you listened to the first part of streets of avalon <laughs> No, not yet. <laughs> there are doppelgangers. They oh, stab the... everything. <laughs> yeah, happened in a game that Bob ran. We had a we had a doppelganger problem. wasn't good. Yeah, makes players nutty. Yeah, players do not handle. Players only know how to handle doppelgangers with the end of a sword. Yeah, and if that means a few innocent people uh-huh. get caught up in that, uh huh, got to break a few <laughs> eggs. Yep, it's a thing. Okay. So no matter what you pick, after you've picked your solution, agree upon it, get the table buy-in, and then get the game moving again. Because like I said before, the faster you can put the mistake behind you, the sooner it won't really matter. All right, on to some rules. Now with rulings, and by rulings I mean when the GM makes an interpretation of the rules and says, like, that's the way it's going to be, those establish new mechanical facts about the game. So, for instance, if your game doesn't have detailed swimming rules and the GM says, oh, to swim across that river, you need to make three swim checks. Well, now you've made a new mechanical fact about the game that swimming takes more than one swim check or physique check or whatever. Now, if you make a mistake with that rule the issue comes up that there's a rules continuity. So like stories have continuity, so do rules. And there's an unwritten understanding in a game that a rule or ruling in the past persists in the future. So, for instance, well, let's just say this. Having consistent rules is the foundation to having a stable game. So if I say to you, it's going to take three physique checks to swim across the river, the next time you come up to a river... You're expecting three Mm -hmm. physique checks. Mm -hmm. If I tell you it's now 10, Mm -hmm. right? Now you're like, what? Yeah, now I'm going to dig in my feet and say, why is it 10 this time? Is this river like the size of an ocean? Exactly. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you've made a mistake in the rules, you've now etched it into the continuity of your (laughs) game. Mm -hmm. And this may or may not be a big thing, depending on how often the rule comes into play. So... If we're playing a desert game and I made the swim check ruling, swim check ruling, uh, maybe it never comes up again and that mistake never comes back to haunt us. But if we're playing, you know, an ocean game, uh-huh. that mistake's <laughs> going to come back a lot uh-huh. or quickly. Uh-huh. 
and and the problem is with more obscure obscure rulings is that many many sessions may go by mm-hmm. before you realize you made the mistake. Okay, so the problems these cause is that if a rule, if you rule in a situation two different ways in two different sessions, you once again are causing confusion and delay, and worse you could be doing damage to your GM reputation for being inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Right? Like no one wants that. Like no one wants that tag hung on them as a GM. So rulings are really important because we need them because they keep the game moving along. If you got to stop and consult the rules every time, because you're not sure of an exact rule, you're messing with the immersion and flow in your game, right? Cause you're just starting and stopping, starting and stopping. And, and like, everybody's just kind of like, Oh, he's pulling out the rule book again. Why, why is he looking at stuff? Just make it, make a ruling. Let's go. Mm-hmm. So rulings are actually really important. So you should do them, but just be aware you're doing them and you can sometimes be wrong. So, um, here's what to do when you make a mistake about a ruling. Um, when you're making a ruling that you're not hundred percent sure about, Write it down on a piece of paper. I have index cards next to my game at all times. If I make a ruling that I'm like, uh, I don't know if that's right, but I'm just going to do it for today. I will write it down on a note card. After the game, I will take the note card, look at it and go, oh yeah, I did say that, didn't I? And then I'll go look it up. Maybe I got to go onto a forum. Maybe I got to tweet the designer, whatever, but I'll go find the actual answer. And then I like to just like email my players and like let them know like what I found. So if the ruling's good, like, hey, I made a ruling and I went and checked with a bunch of people and it's and it's cool, then go ahead and document it. So I used to play a game called Corporation, fantastic game, but it required a lot of rulings. The actual core mechanics of the game were like 12 pages. So it required a ton of rulings. And to avoid future mistakes we documented all of the house rules we came up with in a Google Doc and just had it open during play. So, you know, when all of a sudden somebody needs to know, you know, what's the what's the rule for armor-piercing weapons against this type of armor, we just, you know, could quickly look at the Google Doc and be like, oh, that's what we said last time. We just go ahead and do it again. If the ruling's bad, so you made the ruling at the table and it's fine, You got through the session, you went back and did your research, and everybody's like, no, 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 that's not how it is at all. Now you can do one of the the following things. Uh, You can just let the ruling stand, but then just say that future instances will use the new rule. Uh, So, you know, for instance, uh, yeah, guys, like totally charm person's totally supposed to be in minutes, not hours. Uh, So going forward, uh, it's just going to be in minutes. And you just don't worry about what happened before. Um, And that's okay if your uh, mistake is minor and not critical. I mean, I think you you can do that in a a one-shot, too. Yeah, you you absolutely can. In a one-shot, like late in a one-shot compared Mm -hmm. to early in the one-shot. Yeah. Yeah. Before break, after break kind of thing. Yes. Okay. So you can just let the ruling stand and make all future instances use the new rule. This does the least damage to continuity because you're not going to go back and fix anything. Like, you just acknowledge and go forward. And that's okay if you don't have to undo anything, like you accidentally killed somebody. Now, um, the other thing you can do is actually then you can, of course, go ahead and retcon the events based on the new rules. So you can, you know, do the things that I said before, like, you know, figure out what you're going to retcon, get everybody's buy-in, summarize what happened, and then, you know, get back into play. 
And when we repeat our own advice back to ourselves, <laughs> it must be time to wrap up the show. Indeed. Say, Senda, mm-hmm. where do people reach us on the internet? Well, you can follow us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash pandas talk games. You can find us in the Misdirected Mark Google Plus community, or you can drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com. And Phil, once people find us in one of those locations or remember our email address or write it down or find it in the show notes, what can they do? You should, and please send us your topics for the show. This show is sourced 100% from topics from all of our listeners. Senda and I never come up with our own topics. We like to keep a big list of them and pull them out and pick them at random based on my fancy when I'm getting ready to prep the show each week. (laughs) So please send us your topics. We love them. Love, love, love them. Now, Senda, besides sending topics... What else should people do with our social media handles? Well, the next time you are sitting down at a table to play a cool game with those awesome peeps, snap a selfie and hashtag it table selfie and tweet it at us or send it to us on Facebook or put it on the Google Plus community in the table selfie section. We love to see what you guys are playing. It's super cool and it makes us super happy. And we will come by and we will like them because that is what we do. We like table selfies. And on the topic of liking things, if you like what we do here or elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, uh, we do have a Patreon campaign. It's patreon.com slash MMP. Patrons get access to all sorts of goodies, including things like the bonus outtakes from the show Mm -hmm. and the Misdirected Mark after show, access to the Slack Room for Life, and a bunch of other goodies that we put out for our patrons uh, as we work on them. We also like to take our patrons and mangle their names on the air. Sorry, guys. um, For our own amusement. (laughs) Uh, But this week, I think we're going to do okay. Uh Um, So let's do some patron shout outs. Uh Uh-huh. Stephen Farrell. Thanks, Stephen. (laughs) Thanks, Stephen. The Rainmaker. Thanks, Tony. (laughs) And Gene Parrish. Thanks, Gene. Yeah. So consider if you have a really difficult last name, by all means, please support the show (laughs) and don't tell us. We'll figure out how to say your name. Oh, dear. (laughs) Senda, if people are already supporting the Patreon or unable to support the Patreon, which is, of course, perfectly fine, there is a way that you can hug a podcaster. Like if you wanted to hug a panda, how do you do that? Well, you can leave us a rating or review on iTunes, both because it makes us feel warm and fuzzy inside, just like hugging a panda should do, and because it actually helps us come up in those suggested podcast things on iTunes, and it pushes us up the ranks a little bit on uh, on iTunes in general, which is super handy and makes us super happy. Also, I get really giddy about it. And I usually go full caps lock on Twitter or occasionally during the end of the show when I'm talking about this and I suddenly remember to check the RSS feed, which I am and, and doing sometimes right just, now. <laughs> and sometimes just check to see if I'm in a meeting before you do that thing. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, that's okay. Say, Senda. Yeah. Show me how you're going to fix that story mistake where the elf escapes the barbarian's stronghold. This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Show me what you got.
Yeah, I'm I'm bad clapper. Bad clapper. Bad clap fill. Oh no, wait, that doesn't sound good. That doesn't sound good. No, we don't want to be like Phil's got the clap. No, that's that's wrong. No, not anymore. No. No, not at all. Did you get just yes and that? <laughs> no, I'm going to no and. Is that what happened? I'm going to no, no and, and that. No. How about yes, but? No. No, no but, no and. No, I, I grew up in the 80s. Are you kidding me? We were terrified of unprotected sex. Bloop. You know what's delicious and has nothing to do with people dying? Chai. Hazelnut milk. Hazelnut milk. I don't think it's really. I mean, you know what? Can I just say this? I think, I think, I hate when they do this. It's not milk. Because they it's like pressed juice. it out of there. It's really hazelnut juice. <laughs> right. It's juice. But it's not significantly milk. juicier than we usually consider milk or uh, juice. M- milk juice. Juicier juice, or milk, milkier? Milk, milky milkier juicy, milky juice, juice or juicier milk? Juicier milk. Juicier milk. <laughs> I think it's a milkier juice. I don't think any way that works its way onto a label. Now more juicy milk. <laughs> now more Wait, milky I juice. I know how you actually get hazelnut milk. Here's, you just have to get. Very, very tiny little like suction things, and then like that's, take the hazelnut and then you suck it on, and then you just have just, it milk. I think it's just wrong. Milk the hazelnut. I think what happens is like juice comes down one street and milk comes down the <laughs> other, and they bump into each other on a corner. Ew, you no. got your, you, <laughs> you got, got your juice, juice in my milk. You got juicy milk. You got milky juice. <laughs> that's really gross. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever had like juice mixed with milk. It's gross. No, well, I mean, no, but I like I like orange Julius. Like that's kind that's of... different. Orange juice is like its own separate category. Oh, Bloop. what other juice are you mixing with milk? Well, that's exactly it. Like I wouldn't mix apple juice and milk. That's gross. Well, I would think that's disgusting. Why would yes, you even that's... suggest that? Has that because happened to you? Like, is... no, when you're talking about juicy milk, I'm thinking like I was talking well, about the hazelnut juices... thing. Like, is it, <laughs> is it is it is it milky juice or you know like? Yeah, no, hazelnut milk is milky juice. That's kind of disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> not sure. Not sure. I'm comfortable with this. Bloop. Anyway, I made my chai with hazelnut milk, and it's delicious. I made my coffee with milk milk. <laughs> and it's delicious. Yeah, it's milky congratulations, milk. congratulations, you lactose imbibing person yes, who can do that. Milky milk and the funky bunch. <laughs> Bloop. I'm experimenting with non-milky milks for the times when my tummy is like no milk. No, no, you're experimenting with non-milky milk <laughs> or juicy milks. <laughs> juicy milk, milky juices. Yes, <laughs> milky juice. <laughs> takes her to be about juicy milk for this entire show. Uh-huh. Bloop. Hey, which should we warn the listeners by the way? We'll warn them we'll warn them now and we'll oh, warn them in a man. few minutes. By the way, listeners, because Origins is coming up and we need to get our shows done before done edited and posted before Origins. Uh we're recording two tonight, which dun, means dun, dun. which means that this is an A show. <laughs> and, and we're that, already on the juicy milk, that means, I mean, milky juice. That means next week, folks, you're it's getting be a B show. 
you could just I, I don't do know the what's happening theater. here. We could. I could sing. I have two uh, song choices. I'm gonna stop looking. Th- oh God! What? I, oh what? no! I don't know what you're watching. I don't. Oh, no. I'm so scared. Milky Please juice is a thing. What? It's, it's it's milk plus. Oh, what, dear God! What has just happened? Bloop. Milky juice is a commercial. For something, I think, in the Netherlands or something. And it's actually milk and orange juice, milk and strawberry juice, or milk and pineapple juice. It's like okay, a those, breakfast those thing. Three, okay, I could see that because then it's really just kind of a smoothie thing. Bloop. And I'm, milky, I'm still on the milky juice thing. Dude, we're almost 10 minutes in. Okay, we got to stop with the milky juice. You got to, <laughs> I got to really. You got to give me an intro here. I got to sing a song. Okay. Right, and we have to not, like, we have to not think about milky juice. Like, all right, but if you were going to drink one of those, <laughs> like, I think I would drink the orange juice one, because I think that's, like, the most, like, most like an orange Julius, right? Because that's, like... Yeah, well, believe it or not, I've done that at home. Like, I've done, like, orange juice, like, half orange juice, half milk, a what? thing, uh, a cap full of vanilla. No, bear with me, cap full of vanilla, it's important. And then you, like... Um, put it in a, a martini shaker and you go <laughs> and it gets all foamy. <laughs> Sorry. Did you did you want to <laughs> like that? <laughs> it was the chicka 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 part that uh... <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the 2017 Waveform Theater Series presents Miss Senda. <coughs> No, that is totally not a song. It had no, that's not my song. I just had to do it first. You should have done it before I did the intro. That was a really good intro. Like you squandered my intro, man. No, it's fine. I'll I'll fix it in post. I'm linear. Like I said. All right. Ready? Okay. Let me take you away from till the podcast moving comes. We could do some talking. Apparently, my heart is beating very fast because I had a bunch of caffeine and now I can't sing high. Whew. Open up your eardrums because we're going to podcast a while. Talk a while, let me take you waveform. We could dig some. <laughs> I totally lost it. I can't. Okay. We could dig some talking games anywhere we chance to pass. Any common one shot or a campaign's high class. Cause we're gonna podcast a while, talk a while, let me take you waveform. We'll just stop there. <laughs> you. <laughs> you know, I was gonna be good. No, no. You're creating no, no. this right this, now. I was just getting ready to do it, but I sensed you were about <laughs> no, to do something. I was not going to. I preemptively nope, stopped you. Nope, I was actually going now, to be good. All right. Nope. It's like temp- It's like Templar police. Like I already like I temporal police. I already took care of it before you even thought of it. I knew you were gonna do it. All right. <coughs> and- hey guys, if you want pins, we're gonna be at Origins. Damn it. 
And welcome to where Senda talks over the opening of the show. I'm, I'm, I'm Phil. I'm, I'm, Definition Panda. Definition Panda. Aww. It's like a kid's show. <laughs> definition Panda. Phil is the Definition Panda. <laughs> okay. Say panda. Can you define this? Can you define okay. this? Okay. <laughs> definition Panda opens Urban Dictionary. <laughs> kids run away oh, screaming. That's great. Oh, <laughs> Okay, are you writing that down? Is that what's happening? Shh, go back to work. <laughs> Thomas? <laughs> you have been a bad train. <laughs> the, we can talk about the power dynamics of, of, of Thomas the Tank Engine in the, af, in the after show part of this train episode. Dom. <laughs> train Dom. That's right. Okay. Oh, We're- we have two new reviews. Oh my god! <laughs> okay, we can say that. You guys apparently are listening to us. Oh, Thank we can say that for between episodes. It's just really exciting. This is two Wait, new did you, Are you reading? Are you reading one right now? I'm looking at them. Do you want me to actually read them? Read them. I can read them. Read them. I haven't read them yet. I just opened. Well, no. It. Why don't you? Why don't you just? Why don't you just thank who? Why don't you thank who po- posted them? Right. Okay. And so, um, yeah, these ones are from that one GM and Lieutenant Commander Fields. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Bloop. Yeah. Show me how you're gonna fix that story mistake where the elf escapes the barbarian stronghold. Yeah, I'm just gonna yes and that shit. <laughs> Show me what you got. <laughs> Show me what you got. Show me what you got. Show me what you got. All right, listen. Normally we'd stick around and be ridiculous. Yeah, but we're not gonna. But um, we got another got... show to put together, and we got fifty-seven minutes of raw audio. So, yep. and I got reviews I think we're... to read. Yeah, we're in Damn the zone. Dang so, Abbott. we're gonna say go. goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> and. Click.